Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for December 9. My name is John Mason. It's great you could join us. The Bible reflection this week on the theme of the return of the King is followed by Psalm 23, sung by the Chamber Choir of St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, with their kind permission. Prayers that take up our common concerns are drawn from the prayer book. One of the strengths of these prayers is that they are grounded in the Bible, and because we repeat them, over time they become etched in our memory for our edification. The Word on Wednesday is a ministry of the Anglican Connection. You can find out more about the Anglican Connection and our February online conference at www.anglicanconnection.com. As we begin, Catherine Jacob will bring us a Bible reading. A reading from the second epistle of St. Peter, chapter 3, verses 8 through 15. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, What sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved, and the elements will melt with fire? But in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace, without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. From the earliest days of Christianity, anyone who has said that Jesus Christ will return one day has been considered crazy. Certainly the idea of Christ bursting through the skies in a blazing display of power and glory is not an idea that is easily accepted. And now centuries have passed and nothing has happened. In his second letter, the Apostle Peter warns, scoffers will come. Scoffers described contemptuous mockery. Jesus' return isn't unlikely, they say. It's pure science fiction. What is Peter's response? Let me read the opening words of chapter 3. This is now, beloved, the second letter I'm writing to you. In them I'm trying to arouse your sincere intention by reminding you that you should remember the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Saviour, spoken through your apostles. Prophets and apostles 
are shorthand for the Old and the New Testaments. Peter is saying that the prophets and apostles are unanimous in what they say about God's King and His ultimate reign. And indeed, when we scan chapter 3, we find that Peter points to significant events in God's story. Creation, the flood in Noah's day, and Jesus' warning about His return one day as a thief in the night. Peter also quotes from Isaiah chapter 65, which speaks of a new heaven and a new earth. From cover to cover, the Bible tells us that the world is going somewhere. A day will come when God's King will return to establish His just rule in all power and glory. Eternity will become a reality. We need to understand that God is Lord of His creation that he exists outside of time, that he also has a lively interest in all of us. God is Lord of his creation. Let me read verse 5. They deliberately ignore this fact, that by the word of God, heavens existed long ago, and an earth was formed out of water and by means of water, through which the world at that time was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been reserved for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the godless. Noah's flood is historical evidence that God did what false teachers and scoffers say he won't do, step into history as judge. If God did it once, why shouldn't he do it again? Peter asks. You choose to ignore what the Bible so clearly says. You act this way because you don't like what it implies. God has judged his creation once and warns that he plans to do it again. Next time, through fire. God exists beyond time. In verse 8 we read, But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. To us, Jesus' life, death and resurrection seem so long ago. For God, these events are like the day before yesterday. When we understand God's perspective of time, our common complaints about the delay in Jesus' coming seem rather petty. We're treating God as if He exists in time. He doesn't. God also has a lively interest in us. This is what Peter says in verse 9. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. We must not confuse God's lack of intervention with insensitivity or indifference. He could, if he chose, burst upon the world now. Peter wants us to understand the beauty of God's compassion. God wants to give people like you and me time to turn back to Him. Jesus Himself taught that He would rather leave 99 on the hill in the wind and the rain to make sure that no one who is lost is not rescued. Yes, it does feel cold and uncomfortable while we wait, but God is being patient. But this same Jesus also said, The day of the Lord will come like a thief. In the same way that a thief acts when we least expect it, so will Jesus' return come at an unexpected hour. 
It's true that many in the first century expected God's king to return soon. It's equally true today that most people don't think it will happen. Yes, we live in a nuclear-capable age. Yes, we understand the power of seismic forces. And yes, we live in an age of unpredictable brutality. But most people don't really think the end of the world will happen. The reality is 2,000 years have come and gone. It could happen at any time. It's easy for us to let the voice of scoffers lead us to doubt the return of the Christ, and so leave us unprepared. We shouldn't forget Jesus' own warning in his story about the foolish bridesmaids that we read in Matthew chapter 25. The day of the Lord will come like a thief, Peter writes. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God? What kind of people should we be, Peter asks. False teachers will always tell us to ignore the idea of Jesus' return because they want to retain and teach their own selfish and licentious lifestyle. The last thing they want to think about is the return of God's King and all that that will mean. Only one thing will stand when God's King returns, our relationship with Him, with the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot afford the luxury of idleness or apathy in spiritual or moral matters. Skepticism about the second coming is dangerous because it can lead to laziness. The day is fixed. Soon we shall find, while travelling on, time gone. Let me pray. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them that encouraged and supported by your holy word, we may embrace and always hold fast the joyful hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen.
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. A prayer for everyone in need. O God, creator and preserver of all people, we humbly pray for all sorts and conditions of men and women, that you would be pleased to make your way known to them, your saving power among all nations. We commend to your fatherly goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed with any kind of sickness or sorrow, anxiety or need. Lord, we particularly pray for your comfort for those who are grieved by the loss of loved ones at this time. We pray for the ongoing research into a vaccine and cure for COVID-19. We also pray for the many who are out of work. Give wisdom and compassion to leaders, enabling them to facilitate an effective economic recovery, and so provide opportunity for work for everyone. Lord, we also pray for those who are in physical, mental, or emotional danger at this time. Father, may it please you to comfort and relieve them according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings, and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A prayer for peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all people and banish from them the spirit that makes for conflict so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family and in obedience to your laws. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, Andrew Pearson, the Dean and Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, and Catherine Jacob, a member of the Cathedral Ministry Team. The introductory and concluding music is from the Cathedral under the direction of Dr. Frederick Teardew and Zachary Hicks. Highmore Skeet's setting of Psalm 23 is sung by the Chamber Choir of St. Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Prayers are drawn from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and the Bible readings are from the New Revised Standard Version. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.